All right. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Square Circle Podcast. I am your host, Marie Shadows, and thank you so much for being here live on twitch.tv forward slash Marie underscore Shadows. We have a lot to get to. We have AEW to talk about. Um, I'm definitely going to be doing a review. I know how much you guys love my AEW reviews. I really, I know you guys love it. I know you guys do. With all the DMs I get, the messages that I get, my one angry, you know, fan, totally get it. So keep them coming. Also, make sure to subscribe to my Substack newsletter, which is growing. We grew by 100 subscribers in two days, which is amazing. So thanks for stopping by this channel and then heading over to sign up to the newsletter, marieshadows.substack.com. And I guess we could just jump right into uh, AEW Dynamite. So the first thing that I want to say is that I kind of enjoyed it. I enjoyed it probably because my United Empire guys like showed up. I'm going to be like, I guess, biased. That's, that's what we're going to be calling it. That my New Japan guys uh, showed up. Uh, and by the way, um, you know, if you guys don't know, I interviewed Aaron Hanare. The only reason why it is not up on all major podcasting platforms is because I want to build a community on Substack. If you go to my Substack, marieshadows.substack.com, you can sign up. You can definitely view it. And then um, decide if you want to upgrade your subscription or not to view the rest of it. But that interview is going to be on my Substack newsletter. Um, it will eventually make its way to all major platforms, but you guys are going to have to wait for it. So again, marieshadows.substack.com. So yes, I interviewed Hinari. Hinari is a sweetheart. Uh, he's the best. Um, and, you know, the United Empire just, like, shows up and beats up FTR and... Trent, which is a good thing. Um, <laughs> let me uh, back it up for a second, because Greg over here, uh, Greg is not, Greg, you're not having computer issues, buddy. I, I enjoyed it because of that. <laughs> I enjoyed AEW Dynamite because of the United Empire showing up, and I found it kind of funny that when I was interviewing Hinari, I was like, yo, like, you know, do you know you're going to show up? Like, when are you going to show up? And then, bam, he shows up on AEW Dynamite. So, no, you're, you're, you're not having a computer problem. I, I enjoyed it because New Japan invaded to just beat up the AEW guys, um, which sounds really bad when, when I say that. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, and what up, Jersey Devil? I saw you in the chat. I didn't, you know, get a chance to say What's up? But what's up, man? Um, this is a really bad time for my allergies to be acting up while I'm trying to do a professional podcast episode. So excuse me. Um, but yeah, um, let's, I guess let's go back to the beginning. <laughs> uh, let's go back to the beginning of AEW Dynamite where it starts off with the Casino Battle Royale. Now, here is where I had a little problem with that. Um, you, like, I really thought that by having, not again. I really thought that by having the Casino Battle Royale, right, was going to take AEW Dynamite into, like, overtime. Um, I, didn't, I didn't know how they were going to fit everything in, like, two hours. So, again, we have the problem of, like, doing something big and grand, on an episode of Dynamite so they could get the views. And then trying to rush everything. And most of the stuff that 
happened after was obviously like rushed. Um, but yeah, the Casino Battle Royale, I think that they should have at least had um, either a short Battle Royale where like they put the guys who are on the rankings uh, in the match and they get to uh, fight each other. Um, and then they get to fight Moxie, you know, at the end of the, the show maybe or add Moxie in there and create like, I don't know, a six-way match maybe. You know, something like that rather than having a battle royale that'll take up time because something with as grand as the casino battle royale uh, takes time. Um, and, you know, you want to make sure that um, all the guys um, at least get eliminated, like, correctly and on the right time that they have to get um, eliminated. Uh, I just think that just because, um, you know, Tony Khan always wants to uh, give people, like, what they want and make it so big and grand that he forgets that sometimes less is more. Or a Fatal 4-Way Elimination. Yeah, either one. I just... I don't know. I I, I will want either a Fatal 4-Way or a 6-Way Elimination that includes Moxie to be like, oh, who's going to win? Um, you know, either one. Just so that way certain guys could get TV time. Um, yeah, see? Mike, Mike has the right idea. Uh, Moxie versus, like, three other pick that like random like yeah um things that make sense so anyway um the the casino battle royale i didn't have too much faith in it i do i you know getting down to like the final four which was andrade wheeler kyle and um who the fuck was the other guy uh who was the other one Cause, Cause, we all know that Kyle won. Oh my God! Can someone in chat remind me who who the who the final four was? Um, Andrade was one. Wheeler was one. Um, Kyle O'Reilly. Who was the other one? Jesus. Um, I totally forgot who the other one is. I'm totally blanking on this. Uh, if anyone in chat want to help me out with uh, who was the final four? If anyone remembers, I'm missing that one other person. All right, so I really wanted uh, Andrade to pick up the win uh, against, like, all of them, but obviously that didn't work. It would have been nice if Andrade would have uh, did that. But then part of me was like, imagine if Wheeler were to uh, win. I know during the best of the Super Juniors, um, I didn't have the complete faith in him, uh, but it would have been interesting to see like how far he would have came 
given what he did in Best of the Super Juniors, and he was learning as he kept going. And then if he would have won and went against Mox, then I would have been like, all right, maybe I could understand why he's a made star. But right now, he's still getting there. Um, Jersey Devil says, uh, round robin tournament between the top five uh, winner faces Mox in the main event following uh, the following week. You know, I don't know why no one questioned that they could have at least um, spread this out a bit. Don't you guys think so? Like, they, they, they could have had the winner yesterday, right? The winner of the Battle Royale. And then on the 15th, it could have been the winner of the Battle Royale versus John Moxley. Rather than do it, um, rather than do it uh, basically like uh, in one night. And then you have June twelfth, Dominion, of uh, Tanahashi versus um, Goto. Which, by the way, we're gonna watch some Goto matches a little bit later. Um, so, aside from the Battle Royale, um, I just don't like that uh, they had to do it that quick. Um, who was the Joker? The Joker was Andrade. I should have took notes. All right, I'm doing this off the top of my head. This is the most un... Well, I'm going to call it the most unprofessional podcast episode about AEW right now. Anyway. After the Battle Royale, we go to... Um, I think our first like official match was... Uh, um, our, first official, our first official match was Buddy Matthews versus Pac. Um, so... First of all, I was bored with Buddy Matthews versus Pac. For some reason, there's like a handful of people online on Twitter that was like, this was a banger, this was awesome, this is great. But I was fucking bored. You guys know that I love technical wrestling more than high-flying stuff. But (laughs) did I really need to be watching a hammerlock or a wrist lock reversal for about maybe six to ten minutes. And then we finally get into um, a snap mirror into like a headlock. Um, and we get to watch that for another five minutes. And then we get to slowly go and, um, you know, have mini spots, mini stuff. Like, you know, um, I just... It just wasn't the match that, I guess, for me, needed to be. Like, I found it very fucking boring, and I love technical wrestling, and I enjoy what Buddy Matthews does, and I enjoy what Pac does. I really enjoy these guys. They could put on hell of a matches and stuff like that. Um, You know, I think that Buddy Matthews is booked better in New Japan Pro Wrestling than he is in AEW. Um, Yeah, I just found it fucking boring. Um, but the thing that, like, got slapped on was the fact that Tony Khan decided to do a tournament for the new Atlantic Championship title that the All-Atlantic Championship title. Which, by the way, I don't like that either. There's something about it that, like, you know, I think after a while, 
I might end up liking the championship, but I just don't like it for right now. I can't say exactly why, but um, it does kind of feel very old school, reminiscent of like back in the day when I know NWA should have had like an, an, an Atlantic uh, title as well. But um, it does give me that old school feeling, and um, like I like old school stuff. I really do. Um, and I'm going to agree with Mike here that uh, it is a great-looking belt. It really is. Um, even though I think that they should have at least uh, flipped the Japan flag like someone else. Some, someone else. Somewhere else um, on the belt because uh, the, the Canadian flag is like blocking out the, the, the Japanese flag. Um so, yeah, see, that's what I remembered, uh, Mike. I, I was like, um, I remember seeing someone posted online saying that, um, uh, like, apparently they felt like Tony Khan made the belt because he knew that it would be like a mid-title belt, so people would just probably call it, like, the Mid-Atlantic belt. <laughs> and I remember that, that the NWA did have that Mid-Atlantic uh, belt. Um now, see, if he would have, if Tony Khan would have talked with, uh, what, Billy Corgan of NWA and asked if they can, like, get the belt, the, 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 the Mid-Atlantic belt, and just called the Mid-Atlantic belt, I think that I wouldn't have a problem with it. Um, but for some reason, I have a problem with, like, all Atlantic championship title. I don't know. It just doesn't sit right with me. Um, hopefully later on it will be better. Um, I just don't think that we needed another tournament so soon. And like this match is going to probably take place at uh, Forbidden Door. And just to bring this up, right? Uh, first of all, hold on. Jersey Devil says, sounds like a territorial championship. Alas, Brass Knuckles titles, Western States Heritage title, Florida Bohemian Championship. Um, yeah, it really does sound like a territorial thing. It really does. Um, think of it like, I don't know, some people were saying like it reminds them of like the European Championship title. To me, I was like, you know, can you just say Intercontinental Championship title? Like, I don't know, man. Um Yeah, they should have won with the trios title, but they're waiting for, like, Kenny to get better. But, you know, it's just, like, have them now, you know? Um, so, according to Mike, Mid-Atlantic belt and the rights of it is used in CWF in North Carolina. Oh, I didn't know that. Thank you. Thank you for uh, mentioning that. Um, yes, it helps with the Overstack uh, roster. It really does. Um, but, yeah, getting back to doing a tournament now... Leading up to Forbidden Door, you know, I I don't care. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna mention WWE at this point. Um, if people out there get upset at me mentioning WWE, oh well. Uh, but here's but here's a perspective that I want you guys to to listen. Um, so you remember that time that WWE, uh, basically when they did their builds for their pay per views, it felt like they were doing it either the week before the month of the pay-per-view or during the month of the pay-per-view and then we got to the pay-per-view and then it was just all like, you know, what the fuck is this? 
This is exactly what I said about the forbidden door. This is exactly what I warned about. But people on Twitter want to come after me, yell at me, and drag my name through the mud about, you know, being right. That, you know, they're going to build it in the month of June. And, you know, if you guys want, you guys can send me an apology if you want to. It's okay. Um, totally okay. I would accept it. But this this is what I was talking about, that... Tony Khan is doing this on the fly. He had none of this planned out. And if any one of you want to like dispute that, you're more than welcome to. You can find me at twitch.tv forward slash Marie underscore shadows. Not that hard. Um, but it really does feel like everything is being built in the month of June. And um, it's not going to be the big epic pay-per-view showdown like you want it to be. Like this should have started at double or nothing with the angles but no he wanted to make it such a grand pay-per-view at double or nothing by adding so many matches uh just so you can get your 50 dollars worth and he can make extra money that he forgot that he forgets to realize that he has um a show to book and he's probably the one that was like hey new japan let's you know do this show um rather than new japan saying hey we're gonna do it you know, Tony Khan took it upon himself. It's his responsibility to make it as big and as grand as it should be, and with care. There's no care in this. As much as I love seeing my New Japan guys show up on AEW and, you know, just beat down AEW guys, you know, the hype does go away. But at this point, like, um, it's like, what's the point? Like, I'm not really excited about much. Um, which brings me to, uh, Hangman Page versus David Finley. Um, as much as I enjoy David Finley's work, and if anyone wants to go back into my archives and, you know, just hear me talk about David Finley and that I say he's not, you know, up there yet because I was so on the side of Jay White until Jay White decided to do the betrayal and kick out Tom and Aloha, which sort of still hurts. Um, you know, I want the best for David Finley. Um, and I think that Juice Robinson made the best decision on going to Bullet Club, but I always wanted David Finley to go to Bullet Club because I think that would have helped him. Um, not Juice. Like, I didn't, I didn't see that coming. I didn't see Juice going over, uh, to Bullet Club. Uh, but, um, yeah. So, you know, that match with Hangman Adam Page and David Finley felt like a regular TV match that was made for AEW and not showcasing enough of the New Japan style of wrestling when they have their shows on New Japan World, if that makes any sense. Like, you obviously have to wrestle for, you know, TV, um, but it just didn't feel like um, everything that David Finley is capable of and stuff like that. Uh, Hangman is okay, you know. Um, yes, Greg, New Japan has a style. They really do. It's not just strong style. It's not just uh, slaps and chops and, and kicks. There's actually a, a different style to it, depending on, like, who you get um, and the story that they're trying to tell. Um, you know, it just felt like the same safe moves that David Finley is going to be using against Hangman because again, let's face it 
Hangman doesn't really wrestle Japan stuff. Um, doesn't wrestle Japan stuff. Doesn't wrestle like the New Japan style as much. Uh, so he's gonna like, it's gonna be a regular Hangman match. There's not, there wasn't anything new. Um, it was a decent match. I'll give it that. But um, you know, David Finley lost, and I already said this that while they did make a very wonderful um, hype video between the two. Obviously, Hangman is going to get more love because the AW fans know a lot about Hangman, but no one really knows about um, David Finley, and that's, like, the sad part. Like, the AW fans are so into their bubble that they wouldn't get the subscription to New Japan World, which is only $7 a month now. Uh, um, in, in U.S. dollars, it went down. Before, it was, like, $8, $8 a month, but now it's, like, 7 So AEW fans are going to stay within their bubble and, you know, they're not going to venture out to get the, the network to watch, you know, David Finley and stuff like that to support him and stuff. And it's like, you know, what's the point? Like, you know, him losing the hangman should have never happened. Um, I was hoping for like a DQ. So that way they could have like continued this at like Forbidden Door. Um, so, yeah, let me just. Uh, okay, yeah. Uh, Mike definitely helped me out in the chat. Uh, but yeah, New Japan does have a style other than like what you really know them for as strong style. So like, I remember when like Nakamura was there and whatnot, like, you know, him and others would have that strong style. They still got strong style depending on like who's fighting, but most of the time it's more technical. They got some lucha in there. They got some um, high flyers in there. Then you got your technicals. Um, but it also really depends. Oh, you got your murder grandpas, too. You can't forget about Suzuki. Um, but it also really depends on, like, the story that they're trying to tell. And, like, depending on, like, the name of uh, the um, the show and stuff like that, it's a lot. Um, but um, now we get to uh, the Hangman promo. Jesus, man, why does everybody overlook Jay White? I really want to know, why does everybody overlook Jay White, man? Like, Jay White has all these accolades, and Hangman is all here like, yo, I want to jump in front of the line and challenge Okada, the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. Dude, do you not know that Dominion is coming up? Like, this is why... I dislike the way that we're going about it with Forbidden Door because to for the hardcore fans, I don't think the hardcore fans give a shit about Jay White. The hardcore fans give a shit about Okada because they've probably seen Okada versus Kenny Omega like more than once. And it's like there's more wrestlers in New Japan Pro Wrestling and you're not giving them their fucking flowers. Okada is amazing. He's a phenomenal champion. He's a phenomenal wrestler. He can do it like no other. And I get it that he's a big name. But Jay White has a full list of fucking accolades. And you're going to overlook this guy? Sold out Madison Square Garden. Sold out the United Center. Uh, fuck Punk because Punk, did, Punk didn't like sell out shit. So sell out the United Center. I'm giving, it, I'm giving that to him. Um... Sold out Madison Square Garden, sold out um, United Center. 
main event of the Tokyo Dome. First ever Grand Slam champion by winning all the titles before they decided to fuse together the heavyweight title and the IC title to create the title that we have now. And won various matches and has a very long winning streak against David Finley. Just had to bring that up. Like, Jay White has all these fucking accolades and Hangman is going to be like, oh, I want a shot at Okada? Dude, he beat you back in... 2016-2017 um, in California when you try to challenge him for the United States Championship title and he made you look like a fool in the promo battle. Like, does that not bother you that you have a loss against Jay White? Like, it should. Put some respect on Jay White's name. Sure, Jay White is not perfect. Uh, he betrayed Tom and Aloha and kicked him out of the Bullet Club. Like, that shit still hurts, but Despite everything, Jay White is still the best wrestler that they have in New Japan Pro Wrestling. He's wrestling's number one asset. And he's way better than you, Hangman. Way better. So, you know, sit down, buddy. Like, it's not your time to challenge Okada. You did not get a win over Okada in the G1. You weren't there in the G1. You haven't been to Japan ever since the first time you tried out for it. And you lost went home, couldn't handle it. So you're not going to challenge Okada like that. If anything, I don't know, man, like Moxley uh, probably has a little bit of pull and say to challenge Okada. Um, hell, fucking give it to Wardlow. Give it to Wardlow to challenge Okada because, quite frankly, nobody wants to see Hangman versus Okada. It'll be a nice, wholesome match. But it's not going to be anything different. It's not going to be anything new. So I would suggest, like, you know, Wardlow versus Okada. Moxley versus Okada if he did not get Tanahashi. Uh, who else is worthy on that AEW roster to get Okada? Um, Adam Cole versus Okada. But I would need Adam Cole to bring Adam Cole to New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um... Who else can can who else is worthy on that AEW roster? That's about it for now because AEW doesn't know how to build stars. I don't I can't even remember the guys off the top of my head of like who could face Okada, who's worthy to face Okada. If anything, have Thomas sign a quick one appearance for AEW so that way he could fight Okada and and uh, cash in on the one when he has over Okada since the G1. Oh, Danielson. Of course, Danielson. Thank you, Jersey Devil. Um, yeah, you know what? Why not? Danielson versus Okada, who's way more worthy. Um, you know, but Hangman is not worthy to face uh, Okada. Do not look over Jay White. Jay White is one of the best to ever come into this business. Oh, shit. Eddie Kingston versus Okada? Mike, like, I, I'm trying to keep Okada alive, you know? Like, I would love to see that too, but I'm trying to keep Okada alive. Eddie versus Okada. Man, it, it, it would definitely be like Okada versus uh, Suzuki. That, it would be that. Um, but, yeah, like, these wrestlers and fans need to stop overlooking Jay White. Um, no matter what Jay White has done, 
right? He is still one of the best going today. Um, but yeah, that's my take on it. I just don't want no one to like overlook. Um, I don't want anyone to overlook Jay White. If you do, that's a disrespect to him and that's a disrespect to wrestling. So again, Hangman, sit your ass down. Um, it's not your time to fight Okada. And imagine if Okada did lose to Jay White on June 12th in New Japan Pro Wrestling's Dominion. You'll be facing Jay White again, and I don't think Jay White wants to lose to you. Like, it wouldn't go anywhere. I'm sorry. That shit, like, got me upset the same way that John Moxie will, will talk out his ass and be like, he's the ace of New Japan. And it's like, bro, what the fuck have you done? The same thing with Hangman. Hangman, what the fuck have you done for New Japan? You've done shit. Um... Okay, moving on from that little thing. Uh, okay, so we had the women's title match, which was okay. I don't think coming out to classical music makes you a badass, unless like we switch out the classical music and make a remix and add some guitars and bass and uh badass drumming to like you know make you a badass um i think that uh you know uh i don't like i said i don't think classical music makes you a badass i mean every time that don Callis comes out to uh to d minor it's a pocket it's pocket bell and d minor every time um yeah Every time when Don Callis comes out to Pachelbel and D minor, I think I'm saying that right. <laughs> Let me. Let me let me look that up before. Uh, should we talk about Canon and D minor before all the music people come after me too? But you know when Don Callis comes out, you know he's not that intimidating. So I don't think that. Um, Oh, I was right. So, Paco Bocanon and D minor. Do not come after me, classical music people. <laughs> I I know I, I know some stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, it just you gotta have that feeling, and that look, and that swagger to like really rock classical music if that's gonna be like your your entrance. Like you really gotta like work it. Um, I don't really care about marina like that you know i don't i care more about thunder rosa and how uh thunder rosa gets treated and how she gets booked in aew as as the aew women's champion um you know i wish that they would push thunder rosa the same way that they'll push Britt baker um because honestly like we all we do is talk about Britt. uh we barely talk about the others um but this match was was okay. I wasn't too enthralled with it and stuff like that. Um, it it is what it is for for what it was. Um, I do think that they should have like more matches, uh, meaning like uh, rematches. And I was saying this before that you know rematches are not a bad thing because you get your reps in. Uh, you make sure that um, you know you guys have this chemistry. If you're not training and living together like how the stardom women and the Japanese women do, 
uh, in wrestling, also the Japanese, you know, uh, guys as well. Like, you know, have that brotherhood bond, that sisterhood bond. If they're not doing this, then, you know, rematches are okay. Like, I don't see it. I don't see why rematches are that bad of a thing. Uh, sometimes they may surprise you. You never know. Um, anyway, it was an okay match. Uh, I believe Marina, like, beats down Thunder Rosa and um, basically, like, um, get some help. Well, that doesn't really get some help. But uh, Tony Storm comes out, uh, saves Thunder Rosa, picks up the belt, and basically is like, hey, you know, maybe one day we'll challenge, you know, we'll, we'll have a match for this. Which is totally fine. It's cool. Um, I just think that Tony Storm needs to get a personality um, just because it's like, I don't know who she is. I don't know her character or anything like that. So it's sort of like, um, it's sort of like, I don't know who Tony is. And if anyone in chat can tell me who Tony is, that'd be great. Um, so we had the women's match. Um, we had John Moxie taking on Kyle Riley because Kyle Riley was the one that won the Casino Battle Royale, and it was a good match. It was cool. Um, I still need to ask, why does uh, why does Bryce uh, why does Bryce have to be um, all up in there? Why does he have to react to certain hits and blows? And why does he have to be in the hard camera? Like, man, just just stay to the corner. It's okay. You don't have to do any officiating. Um, but, okay. I'm, but Mike, going back to Tony Storm, because uh, Mike answered me. But, like, everybody says to go check out her work in stardom. I want to see more than just wrestling matches because wrestling matches, while yes, I can like probably find the story. I want to see how, you know, she interacts, how she builds a story, how she carries herself. Like I need to know the, the stuff that goes beyond than just matches, you know, cause I could watch anyone's matches and I could be excited and I could smile from ear to ear and I could feel really good about it. But it's the fact of, I need something more. I need to see something more. Um, it just seems like she she's she, she's a wrestler, and that's it. She's a wrestler. She she has the gear. Um, she comes in. She wrestles. Like there's nothing to her, you know. She was a character too, part part of Queen Quest. Um, well, someone's gonna have to give me their you know. Uh, share their stardom account with me because, um, you know, I I don't have uh, stardom um, at all. So, uh, yeah. Um, or you guys, you know, basically the ace of the, the ace group of the promotion. Yeah, I, I've seen that. I've seen that they're like the ace group. Um, but yeah, someone's going to have to share their stardom account with me or you can uh, get yourself a uh, paid upgrade to my Substack newsletter. Um, oh, okay. Uh, 
So, yeah, going back to the main event, um, you know, John Moxley versus uh, Kyle O'Reilly was okay. Um, nothing too special. Um, but again, it just looks like two ex WWE guys fighting. Um, where is the homegrown talent that should be pushing the flags, the flagship show of AEW? Where are they? You know, it would have been amazing to have the first time ever uh, Ricky Starks versus Tanahashi. Two of the best um, in the business. Um, you know, very unique. Everyone, uh, both of them have their own unique following. There are both unique styles, and you're gonna go the safety route of uh, John Moxie versus Tanahashi. Which I know, ta- I know that Mox has been calling out Tanahashi for three years and shit like that. I totally get it. But why play it safe when you can take that risk, get more money for the pay per view if you headline? Tanahashi versus Ricky Starks. And this is the like the biggest match of Ricky Starks' career, you know? Like, again, where are your homegrown talent? Because yesterday we saw two ex-WWE guys in the main event. Where is that homegrown talent? Um, as we know, Moxley won, so that's that. Uh, now getting to the promo stuff, the, the stuff that aren't wrestling matches, uh, I do want to make a comment on Wardlow's uh, promo. Um, Wardlow saying that he did not want to be in the Battle Royale uh, because he wants to wait until Punk is healthy enough to challenge him for the belt because, let's face it, this is not a spoiler, this is a fact. When CM Punk comes back, CM Punk is going to retain and be an undisputed champion. Um, something that he already did in WWE. I think he was undisputed champion in WWE. If not, this might be a first. Um, but, you know, we all know that Punk is like the golden boy for Tony Khan at this moment. So CM Punk is not going to uh, lose in any way, shape, or form. So when he comes back... He is going to be the undisputed champion. Warlow said he doesn't want to be in the battle royale because he wants to face Punk and make Punk tap out, which is like, all right, cool. I can follow your logic. Finally, somebody in the company that has logic. That I could get behind. That I can accept. That I can accept, that I can get behind because it makes sense. Finally, somebody in AEW is making sense. So that's why I'm not too, like, distraught about it. And then to have him in the TNT Championship title, sure. Okay, awesome. Because apparently Scorpio Sky is uh, injured. So, you know, it makes sense. Unfortunately, Scorpio Sky is injured and we'll just have to um, basically have a rest for his uh, injury. Um, I don't think he has to get surgery or anything, but yeah, that Wardlow stuff I could deal with. Awesome. Great. Um, like I said, very logical. Uh, but sometimes in wrestling, you should, uh, basically embrace, uh, what's hot, what's, you know, 
what's really getting exciting and, you know, the momentum um, and really capitalize on the momentum. But, you know, it's okay. You don't always have to do it. Um, that's why sometimes it's, it's like tricky to like pick and choose what you want to do. Um, and like who to capitalize on, what not to capitalize on, what trends are going to work out, um, in the end for stuff like, you know, um, but I can, I can agree with this. Uh, Eddie Kingston's promo, um, basically was very, very funny. Um, Eddie Kingston is such a, a gem, uh, to be in this business and, yeah, you know, he's upset at everybody, but, uh, you know, um, he's going to take them all out. You really can't tell Eddie Kingston what to do. Like, Eddie Kingston would do whatever the fuck he wants. Um, and then, I guess the last talking point for AEW Dynamite would, will be the fact that, um, you know, United Empire, my buddies, well, only one for now, which is Aaron Hanare. Um, but eventually we'll all become buddies. Um, shows up at AEW Dynamite to beat the shit out of FTR and Trent. And that's great, because first of all, um, you know, Dax doesn't have to call the United Empire um, bitch boys. What? <laughs> to call Jeff Cobb and the Great Ocon bitch boys. Yeah, that's just like, no, dude, you don't really have to. Like, why would you want to, you know? Uh, most of the time, like, the way that Dax, like, talks shit on online just feels like, you know, he just talks shit and doesn't back it up. Um, I want to like FTR, but ha part of me is just like, you know, the shit talking is very ridiculous. Um, and it smells like bullshit half the time. Um but, you know, you just don't disrespect uh, my boys like that. Um, but I did like the fact that Will Ospreay came out. Um, for some reason, like, the theme song that they have, or that he has, basically, um, didn't sound too great in the arena, but it could have been me. Um, but Will Ospreay standing um, up at, at the, uh, the entrance, um... I'm not sure if many people knew who Will Ospreay was. I know people at home know, know who he is. Uh, maybe some people in the crowd knew who, knew who he was. Um, but, again, they, they didn't... They, I don't know. AEW fans at the arena, depending on, like, what city they go to, they get it, and then they cheer. And then other cities, when shit like this happens, they watch it, but they try to process it, and then, like, you get that silence, that weird silence where you're like that they not like it, um, you know, why they're not making any type of noise, any type of reaction. Um, I don't remember if the crowd reacted when Osprey came out and then you had Aussie open and you had Hinari there. Um, I know who these guys are. I'm still learning about Aussie open, but thankfully, uh, one of my Aussie buddies, uh, Aussie Lucian, uh, you know, he'll give me matches to watch and stuff like that. So I know that they're very great inside the ring. Aussie Open was at Capital Collision for New Japan Pro Wrestling and also um, um, the one before it, Windy City Riot. They should have been in one of the matches. Um, you know, uh, the United Empire is something different for a team and to be part of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Like, um, 
they can rival Bullet Club. And I have been wanting, ever since United Empire showed up, I have been wanting United Empire versus Bullet Club. And we get certain matches here and there, depending on, like, the, 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 the team-up and stuff like that. I remember during Best of the Super Juniors, we got Akira versus Sho, if I'm correct on that. Um, and I basically said that this is the closest we're going to get right now for a Bullet Club versus um, uh, United Empire. Because uh, before the pandemic... Um, and when JY was still in New Japan before he decided to do uh, New Japan Strong out here, you know, during the pandemic and after the pandemic, um, JY made Bullet Club so strong and fierce that I was just like, man, that's that's like super heavy. That's like super awesome. And then you have Osprey um, basically pushing the United Empire. And being like relentless with it and like very um, fierce as well. And like it just felt like two big juggernauts of teams that are on opposite sides and they're going down the road and you're waiting for that one day where they cross paths and bam, a big entire like feud happens. And that's what I was expecting before the pandemic. I'm not sure if we're ever going to get there now. We may get there, um, but it just wouldn't feel right because, again, when Tom and Aloha were there uh, pushing Jay White and following his lead and doing everything as a team together, that that's what made Bullet Club, before the pandemic, feel like an unstoppable force because you had those three guys basically pushing Bullet Club, and then you had United Empire, um, you know, doing the same thing, but in their way of how they pushed themselves to feel like an important um, team in the teams of New Japan Pro Wrestling and makes them feel like they are just as big as Bullet Club. So watching that, covering that, and you guys could go back into my archive to go and listen to those... Um, podcast episodes like I really wanted one day Bullet Club versus United Empire I still want JY versus Will Ospreay I really want that to happen um just because you know they're two of the best um Osprey you know Osprey does Osprey things and JY does JY things so I I really wanted that I wanted the two leaders to fight even though Osprey said he doesn't like to be called leader, but for the sake of this, he is leader. Um, but yeah, uh, United Empire, going back to AEW Dynamite, United Empire destroyed FTR and um, destroyed FTR and Trent, and it was glorious. It was awesome. Um, and that's the only reason why I liked AEW Dynamite, because my boys went out there and... Uh, destroyed AEW um, wrestlers, um, no matter how bad that sounds, you know? Um, but, yeah. Um, is there anything else that I should talk about uh, for AEW Dynamite? Anything at all before we go into watching Dodo matches? 
Osprey versus Jade for Wrestle Kingdom 2023. Um, if we get there, I mean, like, we're gonna have to build up a story between them. Um, but I would like one day I would like Osprey versus Jay White. Um, just because. Um, just because. So, yeah. Um, let's see. I think I covered everything in AEW. Um, I will say this again that, um, AEW has a lot of flaws. And the more that you try to keep your bubble as positive as you can, those flaws are never going to, they are never going to get fixed. And you never know. One of those flaws may end up being AEW's downfall. So, you know, my job here on the Square Circle Podcast is that I want to try to make wrestling better than it was yesterday through constructive criticism and how they can improve on a lot of things. So, if you're still on the fence about me and my opinions and still think that, you know, I don't know what I'm talking about or I'm ruining your fun, uh, then just give that a moment to think about it. You know, if you say that you love AEW, then you will want it to fix all of its flaws. Okay. I probably should have did an outro, but I'll fix it. I'll fix it in post. Um, thank you, Mike. Um, but yeah, that, that concluded, uh, the podcast portion. Um, I think I'll leave it there, but, uh, yeah, now I could talk freely about, about stuff. Um, until we watch some Goto matches and stuff like that. Um, so night one will have five versus five bullet club versus United empire. Oh, wait, I was talking about like bullet club and fucking United empire feuding. They had that one big battle at windy city riot. Or was it capital collision? I think it was capital collision. My God. Um, Whatever. People will figure it out when they listen to it. I just realized I sort of fucked up. Um, educate these dumbass marks. Um, yeah, I guess so, man. Um, I, I need a catchphrase. I know I do. I just don't know what the hell it will be, you know. Um, at one point, it was going to be like, you know, I wish you well in your future endeavors. But... Um, you know... I don't know, man. Um, I I don't know what I don't know what my catchphrase would be. Um, I'm too busy just letting the world know that I'm here to try to make wrestling better than it was yesterday. But everyone else wants to be in their bubbles and have me on mute or blocked and don't want to like you know all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, um, we are probably going to be watching three. Hiroki Goto matches uh, today. Um, I think that, that that's like enough time. Um, I picked out some some really good ones. Uh, I finally found uh, the match that he had with Tama because Tama kept posting it on, on his Instagram. And I was like, what match is this? <laughs> um, and I finally found it. So we're going to watch that. Um, yeah. 
I'm supposed to be finishing up all of my Best of the Super Juniors work, but I was, you know, so happy yesterday that I wanted to stream, and I was talking to um, a new friend I made on Twitter um, about um, New Japan and all that, so, you know, um... So, yeah, uh, how do I, let me see, there we go, there we go, um, so, yeah, I made a new friend, uh, she'll probably catch this on the replay, um, I'm hoping it's a she, if she sees this, uh, you know, she'll watch it on the replay, but she was asking a lot about, uh, you know, who Goto is and that she could learn. And uh, her knowledge is, is okay uh, for New Japan stuff. And this is what I'm here for. I am here to help people learn more about New Japan Pro Wrestling. I just dubbed myself the queen of New Japan Pro Wrestling um, because, you know, I talk about it like no other. Um, and I'm definitely not a poser. You could definitely see posers out there on Twitter. It's not that hard. Um, you know, don't trust the posers, like trust your inner instinct. Don't trust the posers. Go to someone who's a credible source and I could tell you yes or no, or research it for you or, you know, whatever the case may be, but you know, don't trust the posers. That's all I'm saying. And if you know who they are, you know who they are. Um, I don't really have to bring up their names, but you can tell who's a poser, who's not a poser. Um, and everything that they do, you know, um, it's just that in social media, like the ones with the biggest clout chasing always gets the best reaction. And then, you know, I don't know when the world comes cram crumbling down and shit, like you could take that for what it is, but I'm just saying that don't trust the, um, don't trust the posers out there. Always question, always think twice, always do your own research. Don't take someone else's opinion and make it yours. Like, you know, I had a lot of time to think about things. Uh, <laughs> but again, don't trust the posers. All right. Uh, So I need to do some stuff. Um, 